You can always tell them you played one game, famously uh, said to us early in this series. And uh, we've got a gentleman uh, joining us now whose first game is uh, is infamous for a lot of reasons. Uh, but uh, his career finished up spanning over uh, 86 games via two clubs. And his name is Keenan Reynolds and he joins me now. Hello, Crackers. How are you? Yep. Very good. Kev, yourself? I'm very well, thank you. going to take you back nearly 30 years. Can you believe that? Yes, mate, the grey tells me. I can't believe it. <laughs> we're going to go back to uh, round two of 1990, but we'll go a little a little before that uh, even. Uh, but round two, 1990, was your debut for the Doggies uh, up against Sydney in Sydney. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to the details of that. But tell us about getting to the Bulldogs, because you're, you're a, a local kind of uh, Wyndham Vale Werribee junior. So how'd you finish up at the Doggies? Because you went via Essendon. Yeah, um, I suppose that's a bit of a long story. But uh, back in the day, um, yes, Werribee boy, born and bred, played Wyndham Bar, which was a struggling little club that um, I suppose we used to get changed out of car boots and stuff like that in a paddock. But <laughs> uh, back in the day, um, was always an Essendon supporter. My grandmother was a, a uh, she was Madam Mayor of Essendon. My grandfather was Mayor of Essendon before that. They lived in uh, Ardenham Road in Mooney Pond. So used to go up and watch the footy all the time, sit in the mayoral box, lucky enough to do that. <laughs> I um, always had ambitions of I'd love to have played footy there. But, um, yeah, Noel Judkins actually saw me play. I was playing at Werribee uh, as an as under-15. And, um, yeah, he came down. And then I actually played Essendon Little League. And they saw me from there. And then they went and um, Noel Judkins said, well, if we can say that you live in Mooney Ponds in Ardmillan Road... <laughs> We ah, might be able to sneak around this way. The old so, grandma, the old grandma, using grandma's address. That's exactly right. <laughs> so that's where I said I lived at seventy four Art Millen Road, and I used back in those days to play footy down here in Werribee on a Saturday, and then on a Sunday I'd go and play at the Bernards. So you used to be able to sign like a little form four, like a permit to play. Yep. In a different league, so I just so that it looked like I'd played in the local area, and that's how it ended up happening. So. Played under 19s and reserves. Went to Essendon in 1987. Was there until uh, 1990. But uh, 1986, I went there. I played under 19s and reserves. I think I played 40-odd games of both. And then Kevin said he didn't think I was any good, so gave me the flick at the end of 1989. And uh, how'd you finish up at the Doggies? Who, uh, who got you over there? Well... Yeah, there is a funny story there because my ex-girlfriend at the time lived next door to Teddy Whitten Jr. So in Ballet Court in Winnerville, and yeah. um, used to have like the, we used to call the Ballet Cup. Used to have a couple of beers with Sarah every now and again, and um, we used to go and play a game of golf for all the people in the court. Yep. Once a year down at um, Medway, and yeah, Sarah found out that I'd been given a flick from Essendon, and obviously with all the controversy that happened with the Bulldogs in '89 and. You know what I mean? All that was going on and said, why don't you come down and have a run with this? And I said, I'll just, I'll give it one last shot. So I actually trained at, I'd known Robert Shaw, who was coaching Fitzroy at the time from Fitzroy. And, um, I actually trained at both clubs. So I did a, I did a pre-season where I trained every day. <laughs> All right. For, for two and a half months, hoping to, to get in. And, um, I ended up, we all took a bit of a license to me and my work rate and my effort and that sort of stuff. And yeah, he said to me, look, don't train at Fitzroy anymore. We're going to pick you up. We're going to draft you. And then Robert Shaw said, "Don't train at the Bulldogs anymore because we're going to draft you." But there was there was nothing in writing, so you know it was like I was a little bit sceptical. But how it turned out, I oh, look, I ended up 
playing on uh, playing a couple of practice matches for the Bulldogs and went okay. And um, yeah, the rest is history. Got picked up in the uh, when was the draft then, Kev? Would have been the pre-season draft, I would Pre- have thought. Pre-season draft with Glenn Coleman and Danny Delray and Chops Rickman, I think. Yeah, yep, that would have been Wheels, right. Wheels wanted to get hold of a bit more, I suppose, experience with some of the older guys, and um, yeah, that's what we went with, and it was magnificent. So. So you yeah, missed. I was, pretty, I was lucky, man. Yeah, you missed round one, which is probably a good thing because uh, that was the that was the first game after the fight back, and uh, everyone was so uh, up and about for it. There was nearly thirty thousand people at the Witten Oval. We got absolutely belted by St Kilda and Lockett kick must have kicked eight or nine, I think that day, if not yeah, if not a, if not ten. Like a wet nut. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, so then you you slipped. Uh, the 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 club kind of slipped out of town. Went to Sydney the following week to play Sydney up there, who'd had a win the week before over Carlton. Obviously, the doggy's been pumped by St Kilda, so there was no. I don't think there was any great expectation of you actually winning that game in Sydney. Not at all, I don't think. And look, to tell you the truth, right there in, you're going to play, you know, senior footy this week, Crackers, up in Sydney, and it was like, oh, jeez. You know, I was actually a little bit shocked. And Leon Campbell, obviously, at the same time, he, he made his debut same day as me. Yep. And um, But he was just an absolute jet, 17 year old, just silky and. It's an absolute gun, and here I was, the old back pocket player. But Wheels was very specific with his roles, you know, as, as to what he wanted me to do. I was just probably lucky I could jump a little bit, and he just wanted me to pretty much spoil the footy and you know, play a real defensive game. And when you got Rick Kennedy standing there next to you, and Peter Foster and those blokes, he's pretty demanding. So you, you're definitely out there to do your job, that's for sure. But no, it was it was unreal. I remember I was really nervous, and I'd played some senior practice matches before. You know what I mean? And, but it just seemed like it's the next level. But probably because I was out of town a little bit, I didn't have a heap of friends then. And the dad flew up, but it was probably a bit less pressure then. You know what I mean? And the footy coverage, I suppose, on TV wasn't as massive back then either. So yeah. it sort of was like going away to play a game of footy and didn't feel as much pressure. But I know when I uh, when I ran out the ground, it was just like this is it. You know, this is what, this is what we're, we're here for. So it was just amazing, and we had a win and. It was an unbelievable memory. I remember that, you know, the, the club just was, it's just euphoric. But I suppose there wasn't as many fans there. And after getting belted the week before, you know what I mean? So it, it sort of brought the group really close together. I really remember getting back in the rooms and all the supporters and the players were like the rooms. It was just really emotional. Yep. And everyone was just up and about. It was just a great feeling. I don't know, were you there? Yeah, I was. Actually, it's the only interstate game I've ever been to uh, with the doggies <laughs> in, and I, and I was there. I was one of the 11,051 people who actually went to the game. Uh, so it was yeah. it was unbelievable. I remember going in the rooms before the game and uh, and seeing Leon and yourself, and, and Leon looked like he was about to cry. He, was, he seemed to be so petrified or so just overawed by the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, then he I ran actually, out. The, then he ran out in the ground and, and blitzed him, and just killed it. Yeah. yeah, he just he just he was one of those guys. He just played with freedom. You know what I mean? He just always seemed to like not have a care in the world. Yeah, but I think that in, in behind that too, there was just an absolute great knowledge of the game and a really good footy brain, which obviously you can see now the way he's coaching and that. But back yeah. then he was just a a free reel and. Happy, lucky young kid, wasn't he? Who yeah, hung around was. with Doug Hawkins. Probably not the greatest choice that he ever made, but <laughs> Hawk really took him under his wing because I think he saw that real, that real silky side of it about him. You know, like I think you could just pick it straight away that he was going to be an absolute gun. He couldn't even. I mean, you know, he didn't know which footy kicked. 
Yeah, unbelievable. Left or right, didn't matter. Yeah, it was for I think the first five years, everyone was at the club were trying to work out whether he was right footed or left footed. People swore to me that he was a left footer. I said, <laughs> "Well, you're wrong. He's actually a right footer." Yeah. It was amazing to be able to come out. Like, remember, he used to be out designated kicker from the back, from full back, and if he saw a target on the left, he'd just run onto his left foot and belt at sixty. If he saw one on the right, he'd go the opposite way. Yeah, just quite, wheel and go. Quite astonishing. Quite astonishing. Uh, and he was seventeen. He was just just turned seventeen. Uh, so he was just turned seventeen. Chris Grant had played his first game the week before, and he just turned seventeen. You were playing your first game. Barry Stanford was playing his second game. Justin Charles was playing, I think, his third game. So it was a the fairly inexperienced uh, kind of lineup. And you won twenty twenty one hundred and forty to ten eighteen seventy eight. Yeah, it was amazing. And, and it was amazing too because the more goals we took. I remember we were getting on a roll and everyone was just, I don't know, we were just so up and about. You know what I mean? And and Wills was great, though. He just really instilled a real belief in us about just playing your role and playing for your mate. I think he was ahead of his time, Terry Real. Like, he was an amazing coach when you look back on it. Like, he was, you know, he just, he had specific roles for specific positions. Uh, he knew that if everyone played their role, we'd probably end up with a with a winning result. And 99 times out of 100, that's what happened. He had a fairly, just, a fairly simplistic philosophy back in those early days, didn't he? It was almost like if if we kick 16 goals, then this side wins. If you don't, well, we're probably going to struggle. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it used to be, you know, specific roles, like if you're playing in a back pocket, you know, his, his general good game for a back pocket player was probably 11 possessions, you know, like, eight kicks and three handballs, but 12 spoils and five tackles. You know what I mean? Yep. And you come back and, you know, more often than not, if that's the way your stats finished up similar to that, you know what I mean? That's exactly, you know, you played a good game of footy and you even knew it yourself. You didn't specifically aim for those sort of stats, but it was all about the spoiling and the pressure and stuff like that. You wasn't expecting it out of 30 touches, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, and, and well, uh, you would be happy to know that uh, based on those, uh, you uh, you filled the criteria beautifully because these days with the uh, thanks to that AFL tables thing, we can go back and look at the stats. You had nine kicks, three marks, three handballs and four tackles. So you uh, you filled the brief completely. <laughs> well, there you go, mate. But look, I just must admit, I, a lot of confidence with the guys around me. You know what I mean? Steve Wallace, Rick Kennedy, Peter Foster, you know, those sort of guys around you there in the back half and you look they they were they were hard on you because they were, you know Rick was like it was very much mate when it's your turn to go you've got to go there's no excuses so you definitely knew if you uh, even looked like pulling out or you didn't you know put in a big enough effort but I love that sort of stuff anyway I thought it was great and they were just fantastic mentors and then you had Mark Hunter running around just doing his own thing Looking at the form guy that's in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, something, something's never changed. Um, no, no, now, uh, uh, 90, 90 was a tough year for a lot of reasons for the club. Obviously, the renaissance after the fight back and all that. But then into a, into a nice little period of some really good successful uh, finals appearances in 92 and 94 and, and, and some real success around the club. Yeah. Yeah, we actually become, well, we did become, become a pretty good footy club, didn't we? We won a lot of games. Had a really good midfield, you know, with with Scotty Wind and, and Simon Atkins, just amazing, underrated player. You know what I mean? Like, we just had some really, really good midfielders. And the young kids, obviously, Chris Grant, just a jet, Leon Cameron, those sort of blokes, you know. So 
I was sort of, I didn't, obviously I was 21 when I made my debut, but those guys, they, they were just born to play league footy. And I look back on it now, and you had Hawk there, and he just had a lot of leadership around, but a really good, I think we had a really good uh, blend and a good mix, but he also had blokes driving the side, like really driving our aims and our goals and, you know, Axe and Scotty Wind and all these blokes and, you know, Peter Foster and all those sort of guys. We just, once we started, them, obviously, the, the more times you win, Kev, you know, the more times you expect it and you expect more from each other, you know, and you grow each week. And um, and we just enjoyed each other's company, though. It was a pretty, uh, it was a very tight group, actually, a very tight group of blokes, even though the, the, the age span was probably from early 30s down to, you know, your 17-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, it was. And, you know, we were, like, stuck out there with crap facilities and, you know what I mean, but we, we actually really made it so it was an us-against-them sort of mentality. And we tried to really, and Wheels was great at just getting out of that, oh, you know, you're a Footscray player and they don't really expect that much of us and we've always struggled. You know what I mean? He got that that out of everyone's mind and going, yeah, he was really a one-otter. Yeah. One-otter, you know, which was just, and we really believed it. It was amazing. So, yeah. um, you got a, a, a fairly bad injury in 91, wasn't it? Yeah. when I, That was my eye. Yep. Yeah, I got a detached retina. I did, and you know what, it was, it was a bit of a Brendan McCormack, I think. He was playing at Fitzroy. Um, little nuggety sort of midfield. I tackled him, and he just threw his arm back and with just an open hand, and it, it whacked me sort of in the eye. And um, I got up, and I thought, geez, I couldn't see any bit of blood or whatever. I remember kept wiping my eye and seeing blood, and I thought I'd just split my eye open. And then I actually got a, the ball went out. Of, it's strange the way you, you remember things. The ball went out of bounds in the back pocket out the full. And I saw Hawk, and he was like 30 yards clear on his own. I went to kick the footy to him. And I kicked it 20 metres away from him because yeah. I couldn't see out of my right eye. So I had no depth. You know what I mean? I just sort of booted it and the hawk's giving me a massive spray. <laughs> you know, what, what are you thinking? And then there was another contest that he came over and he looked at me and he goes, I said, I'm oh, sorry, mate, I just couldn't see you properly. And then I remember he called big Ben Bradley, uh, friend Ben Bradley over. He called him over and said, mate, can we have a look at this? And he took me straight off the ground and that was that, mate. Went off and... Tim, the doctor, sort of said, uh, Tim Hurran, was it? Was that his last name? I don't know, but he said to me, went down the rooms and he said, mate, we're going to whack you in an ambulance. I'm a bit concerned about your eye. So mine was bleeding internally and that was the end of my season. The end. I spent nine days in the Ionia hospital. That's right. 50 stitches in the back of my eye and I couldn't really do anything because I wondered that if it peeled back any more of the retina, I would have lost my sight. So that was the end of the season for me, which was, I probably at the time didn't understand how severe it was at all. I was frustrated that much about it. There's nothing wrong with me physically, you know. Yeah. was having a pretty good year and that was, you know, it was just like they can't play anymore. It's too dangerous. And But look, I've, I've probably lost a little bit of peripheral vision out of that eye, and but it's just something to get used to over a period of time. But at the time, I just thought I'd split it open. So Yeah. Um, 90, uh, 92, obviously, uh, headed to finals, had a really good finals uh, series for, I mean, and you, uh, I, don't, I think it was the 92 series. Was the 92 one when you played on uh, Stewie Lowe? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And, that, uh, that, yeah. Was, that was one of your best games ever for the club, I would have thought. Yeah, it was, a, yeah. Well, he, I think he'd taken a, a ridiculous amount of marks a week before, oh. 18 marks or whatever, and kicked a stack of goals. And Wheels actually told me on the Monday, just said to me, listen, you're going to play on him. I don't normally do this. I want to just set you up for it early. 
there's no expectation. I don't expect you to get a possession for the day. All I want you to do is spoil the ball, mate. If we can stop him, um, you know, we'll go. That might go a big way to us winning the game of footy. But it was one of those ones where he added up and said, "We can't afford to be just having a shootout. We've, we've got to defend really hard. They've got some you know, big key forwards, and um, yeah, we can kick a decent score with Granny and our forwards. But you know, that's all I wanted you to do. And I remember just thinking to myself. Because I'd played on him before and done okay, but he's just a massive human, you know. <laughs> and, and I and thought, the, I don't, I, I, hey? And the biggest hands you've ever seen. Yeah, huge. And I just thought to myself, so it sort of, it turned me a bit early in the week. And then I sort of, because I didn't really tell anyone what was what was going on. And then after that, it was just like, we all sort of announced and said, right, our boys, we'll need everyone to get across and give them a hand as much as we can. But, you know, and all I did was, I just remember I didn't, Tried, I avoided any wrestling with him at all, Kev. I just tried to play a metre and a half off him and then just jump. You know, when the ball was just in the area, jump aside, I couldn't spoil the footy. Which I don't think I had many stats that day, Kev, but I have a lot of spoils. And I actually won the pewter Margot Brexy Hunt. So. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I was actually filthy by the end of the game too because I think he kicked one in the last quarter. I was, I was pretty desperate to hold him goalless, but he got one late in the game, I think. Uh, and then, of course, there was that uh, that unbelievably memorable uh, game for a whole lot of reasons in the prelim final against Geelong. Yeah, and Billy, and Billy kicked it from 95, didn't he? Oh, it was 195, wasn't it? He was Quite actually, funny, mate. He was Every actually... time I see him, he always tells people, if I'm anywhere anywhere in a room with Billy, he tells people that I was actually playing him at the time, <laughs> and it was 70 out. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you, you actually never went near me all night. Night, Billy, or the ball. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, nah, look, I don't think I've ever been more devastated after a game of footy kick. You know, it just, just went so far and we played so well that night. And, yeah, I think if we had got past them, we would have worried a lot of sides because when the uh, West Coast ended up smashing them in the grand final, didn't they, that year? Yep. yep. And I think we beat West Coast second or third last round. Yes, uh, round at, uh, 23. At, at the Western Oval. Yep, and we actually really, really matched up well against them. And I just, you know, I look back on that now. But I mean, look, you look back on your footy, and you always just go, "Look, it is what it is," and it was great. But you know, everyone talks about a missed opportunity, and that might have been ours. But in saying that, Geelong lost five grand finals as well. So, yeah, you know, yeah, it, it's checks and balances sometimes, isn't it? You, you never can tell. Sliding door moments, I think they call them now, crackers. Yeah, that's about that. That's right, mate. Yeah. Now, tell me what happened. Uh, we'll tell everyone what happened at the end of the '94 season, when, uh, when you know, seemingly, I mean, you played your fiftieth game, you kicked six goals in your fiftieth game in '93 against St Kilda. You like playing against St Kilda, um, yeah. And then, <laughs> then things seemed to be going along nicely. At the end of the 1994 season, you know, you're up to seventy odd games. So, what happened? I look at the time. New coach wheels gotten the uh, the sack earlier. Alan Joyce had come in. Um, there was a fair bit going on at the club. Um, I remember at the time talking to uh, my manager and he said to me, well, I mean, I didn't want to leave, Kev, at all. I love the joint. But we had our, well, they call them exit meetings these days. We were just the old, yeah, you, know, you get called into the coach's office, but an exit meeting and um, I went in and saw the coach and at the time virtually got told you know, you're probably not poor enough and you're really not quick enough for the style of footy we were sort of looking to play and coming off the half-back line. And, um, yeah, I don't know how you're going to go, son. You're probably going to struggle to get a game. 
that was coming off the 94 season where I'd played okay and um, had probably had one of my better seasons. Played 18 and had, games. Had, and had a pretty good final series. Um, yeah, and, and I was just sort of like, I remember walking out and I remember walking in and Steve Wallace, while he was walking out before me, and I just saw him, saw the look on his face, and I said, yeah, that guy, you know, and I looked at me and just went, good luck in there. Huh. And I walked in there with, you know, just sort of thought to myself, geez, well, he's a pretty good football and pretty experienced and a bloke that I loved, and, and I just he walked out of there with just a blank look on his face. So anyway, went in and had my chat, and then came out, and I think at the time, if I remember rightly, um, Ilya Grigic and Steve Kriuk were getting chased really hard by the Perth clubs. Yep. I think Frio were into Critter like really, really heavily. And I think West Coast were chasing Ilya. I think he had had a bit of a breakout game, hadn't he, during the year kick at nine or something like yeah, that? He, he had, yes. And um, I think the club at the time were really, really keen to keep those guys because they were young and Critter was absolutely terrific. And Ilya was, what, 6, 10 or 11 and they were looking at that as the future, and I think there was a few of us guys, myself, Barry Stairfield, Axe, Hawk, Super, Steve McPherson, all these guys. I think they were like, well, these blokes are red, white, and blue boys now, and um, we'll just get them to take a pay cut. And I think at the time I was on $17,000 base and about 800 bucks a game. I was on bugger all. Yeah. And uh, they asked me to take a pay cut, and my manager went, that's not going to happen. <laughs> like, you're not earning much as it is now, and you know, stats say you've had a pretty good year and all this sort of stuff. And But in the end, I'd sort of been told that I might spend a fair bit of time in the in the two, you know, I might struggle to get a game. So that sort of rocked me a bit. Um, yeah, so I didn't want to leave. And then in the end, well, where did we end up leaving? It lose, we lost Fish to Adelaide. Who else did we leave? Hawk and um, Super and a few others to Fitzroy. Yep sort of was spiralling out of control. I think there was a lot of unrest amongst a lot of the players and we it's a bit of disarray. I don't think the guys actually just knew where they were at. From having a massive amount of communication with wheels, you know what I mean, and knowing exactly where you're at, could have really strong one-on-one conversations with him to then actually not knowing exactly where you're at, you know what I mean, and not have, being able to have those those straight out conversations. Yeah, no, big change, big, big cultural yeah. change. Well, and I mean, you were around at the time too, yeah. Kevin. You know, did you notice the change? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the 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 sacking of Terry was uh, was an enormous rift in the in the playing group. I thought at the time. Yeah, it, it, it really was. It really was. And then we sort of lost. I think as a group, we lost a lot of confidence in the admin. You know, the people above thinking, "Hang on a minute." We're actually not going that bad. You know, from where we, we'd come from, start of 1990, and it was only 1994, you know what I mean? And we'd already we'd, we'd already lost him as a coach. When we lose him halfway through 93, didn't we? Uh, 94, I think. Was it 94? It was 94. Or, was it? Or, no, it was 94. Yeah, well, uh, 93, uh, after the loss at Geelong. We got smashed at Geelong, yeah? I'm pretty sure. And then the right was on the wall for wheels, I think, that day, but... Because I think, didn't Joycey come in halfway through 93 and then coached in 94? I thought he came in halfway through 94 and coached in 95, but I, I, I stand to be corrected on that. I'm shocked. You might be right. You might be right because then it might have been like, look what he's done here. They've got into the finals. 
but we got ourselves into the finals kind of thing. But anyway, so that was that, mate. And yeah, didn't want to leave. And in the end, it was virtually, well, this is what you, you're going to get if you want to hang around. We can't really guarantee you much. But that was that and ended up speaking to a few clubs. Believe it or not, I spoke to Carlton and Adelaide quite a bit. Then got a phone call from North Melbourne Footy Club like uh, the night before the draft and ended up getting drafted north and hadn't even spoken to anyone. So it's amazing how it happens, isn't it? Yeah. And that, and that did... was the end of my, my career at Footscray. And I look back on it now and think, geez, I, you know, I would have loved to have been there. But in the end, I think there was a quite a few of us sort of got squeezed out, Kev. Yep. Yep, well, you mentioned Doug and uh, and then Simon Atkins obviously went to Fitzroy as well. So there was there was kind of a purge there in that kind of 94, 95, 90, heading into that 96, um, another big uh, hiccup in the club's history. You went to North, uh, didn't, it didn't sort of work out there, did it? 12 games in a couple of years there? Yeah, mate, look, I, I, kind, of, I, I kind of knew that, yeah, I remember got the phone call, you've been drafted by North Melbourne because I played a couple of good games against North. Maybe they'd sort of seen that, but I think at the time Peter Mann had gone back over to uh, Fremantle yep. to become their captain, I think, and he was sort of like their centre half back. Um, so yeah, they're big mouth, and I never forget um, Neville Stibbard at the time it was. Yep, came out and had rang me over the phone next morning. Caught up with him. We went to Dennis Pagan's back then, Zeld at Arden Street. Very similar setup to. Uh, the Bulldogs, mate. There was Atco Hutz's offices and <laughs> a rotten old grandstand and all that sort of stuff. But uh, I remember walking into his office with Neville and um, I remember Dennis. He said, oh, I came around with Dennis Pagan. And he looked at me and goes, geez, you're not as tall as I thought you were, son. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. And that's exactly what he said to me. And I thought, I'm in a bit of strife here. You know, Peter Mann was probably six foot four and, you know, a hundred odd kilos. And I was, I was, Six one and eighty eight. So, yeah, I, I definitely wasn't a key position player, even though I played some sort of key position roles. But I definitely wasn't the the six foot four walk up start centre half back every week. Yeah. But I thought then, and the writing was on the wall from there. But played a few games. Ended up playing in the night premiership um, early at the start of ninety five. Was going okay. Hadn't had a proper uh, pre season because I'd had a knee up. Um, had a medial injury and had that sort of had to get that all fixed up and but yeah I just probably missed a few opportunities and um, yeah it was sort of that in and out kind of player um, I remember Rodney Eats said to me he goes your biggest problem is Craig is you're too easy to drop you know because <laughs> he was coaching the reserves at the time and he said to me you don't argue or get upset or carry on you just go back and do your job you see, now it's the blokes that uh, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, yeah? <laughs> the blokes that Winston carried on are probably a bit out of the drop. And the coach doesn't want to have that conversation or knock on his door in the office saying, why'd you drop me sort of thing. But yeah. I always sort of had that mentality. So, But, yeah, it didn't end up, mate. They ended up winning the flag in uh, 96. So That's right. I ended up carrying a groin injury and a pretty bad groin injury at the time. And my, uh, my other knee had sort of flared up a bit. So I was getting needles virtually for the whole second half of the year. I probably, in hindsight, should have went in and um, had an op probably about round 18 or so, yep. Kev, to be honest. But they also hung in me and hung in there a little bit and sort of twisted my arm a little bit and sort of said, you know, can you try and keep yourself up? Because, you know, Ian Fairley at the time had had a bit of a calf or a hammy or something going into the finals. 
we weren't sure whether he was going to stand up or not. We may need a backup. In hindsight, I look back on it now and didn't have the operation until after the season. If I had had it, you know, around 17 or 18 or whatever, I would have been able to do a pre-season after that. Yep. Because I'd had a phone call off a, a little fella that used to wear black and white stripes and said to me, if you can get down and train pre-Christmas, I might have a spot for you during the pre-season. So yep. I just said to him, but mate, look, you know, I had a, a groin and a knee up and said, look, I, I, I can't run for eight, eight, nine weeks. So that was the end of that. Uh, mate, uh, been good to catch up. At, uh, the body's good these days and, uh, and life's pretty good. Oh, mate, yeah, can't complain, getting along. All the boys are growing up and, yep. no, nah, mate, still working away and enjoying it. Do yeah. I get down to the gym every morning and keep the weight down a little bit, Kev? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mate, uh, good to catch up with you. Thanks for spending some time with us. Really do appreciate it. No worries, mate. Good to talk to you. If the house is-